This is Dan Grell, and you're fanging and banging to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, ghouls and gals, it's uh, it's our Halloween episode, Jimmy. What's going on? Not much, man. Happy uh, Hallow's Eve. Hallow's Eve, ever- man. Oh, you know I love this time of year, man. We talk about yeah, that all the time. I'm ready. You know what I'm not ready for is taking all that shit down. <laughs> oh, bro, I was just about to ask you that. How? Okay, so putting it up, obviously, we've seen how yeah. many days it takes because this yeah. is laborious stuff, and you're creating some of this stuff from the ground up. Right. How long? Do, okay, first off, how long does it take to take it down, and then where the hell do you put it, man? Well, uh, we've gotten more now, so that's going to be a, a, an issue that we didn't have so far. <laughs> we do have some more stuff, and the ring itself, you know, i got to take that down, and I don't know that I'm going to keep all the parts that I may redo that again next year, make it look a little better. Not that it doesn't look good, but yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, some of that's going to be a, a pain in the butt trying to find places for it in the garage. So we'll have to figure that one out uh, here in a couple of days, I guess. But yeah, hey, it'll, hey, it'll, take, yeah. it'll take me a good day if I'm doing it by myself and yeah. you know, with my back and all that stuff, I'll be taking quite a few breaks. So <laughs> <laughs> any of you up and coming promoters looking for a ring, Wolfie's got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a ring, but hey. <laughs> yeah, it'll work. <laughs> Come on. Wrestling, I want it. Yeah, exactly. Come on, guys. Y'all need something, right? Yeah, that's yeah, man, funny. But, hey, I was I was thinking, man, I mean we've had, you know, we could call these different people again and get some of our our scary gimmick guys back on uh but i was thinking man the people seem to have uh liked the last episode you did with the with the stories part one you called it what about some halloween stories or some you know stories from the guys that are very halloweenish you know yeah, we've we've definitely had some ghouls and goblins on the show. We've definitely we had the devil himself. Yeah, yeah we had Jake the Snake who tempted Adam and Eve, and we <laughs> had we have Sin Bodie who's just an evil. Hey, on a on a note of Jim Mitchell, uh, if if you haven't seen it on his Facebook and social media, because you know he does karaoke, but if anybody. Yeah. Go to his page and watch him sing Werewolves of London. Very good. <laughs> I did. I watched that last night, and it's actually incredible. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. got a – it's a really – it was a surprisingly good singing voice for his speaking voice. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, because you would think his, his singing voice would almost make him sound like Tom Waits or, or, or Bob Dylan or something, you know, yeah. kind of Bruce Springsteen, but no, he's actually kind of smooth with it, man. So yeah, I saw that last night and I, I watched the whole thing. I was enthralled. So yeah, it was cool, man. I dug yeah. it. Yeah. Go check it out if they have it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, but, but so, I, I think I can put some stories together. I think we've got two years of episodes. I think I've got some great stories that we can call together and make a great episode. So I, I like that. It's a good idea. Let's let's make yeah. it happen, man. So. Let's, let's roll with that, man. And then um, let's – let's you put that together. Let's play it for them, and, and then we'll come back at the end and do a, a brand-new Ask Wolfie Anything. What about that? I love it, man. You, you're thinking this. We're thinking the same thing here. So, yeah, man, all right. Trust in DeWolfie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll be right back after these very 
important messages. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. The only thing, I mean, you'd expect everything a guy that size does would kill you. But, for instance, uh, a belly-to-belly from him, I thought, oh, my God. And Go he belly-to-belly yeah. me. It was like I got sucked into a big, giant pillow and slammed <laughs> over. It was like he was, he was like, soft. <laughs> his, his uh, you know, hit the ropes while you're laying down and do the splash on you. That wasn't too yeah. bad, considering he was fucking 500 pounds. The only thing I remember that was like, motherfucker, was... He shot Jamie into the corner, then shoots me on top of Jamie, and then comes in for the splash in the corner. And I swear to God, my spine touched Jamie. It had to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, like I said, Mabel was awesome, man. I loved him as a person. He was a great dude. Um, Hung out with him some. Um, I, I liked him a lot, man. Every time I'd see him, he'd be happy to see me and, you know, vice versa. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Abel, that's awesome. And rest in peace to him, too, you know. Let's talk about this real quick. And, and I know me and you have talked about it. Um, <laughs> and and I just talked to uh, Scotty the other day about coming on this podcast. So, you know, in, in talking about this, I want to say that me and, me and Scotty are cool. But that night, I really wanted to punch him in the face. Uh, <laughs> he just had... You remember you had uh, some very dull clippers, and you were shaving his head, and then when we came back to the back, he was trying to punk you out in front of everybody, and I was standing there, and going through my head was, I'm fixing to punch Raven right in his fucking mouth, because what a fucking big man to sit here, because he was, he was fucking browbeating you, man, in front of everybody. I don't know if yeah. you was. Yeah. Oh, I remember it clear as day. Because <laughs> the Clippers were dull. You did. You did. Well, well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the Clippers are dull. Here's my spin on that. Okay. Um, so before, you know, I've never shaved anybody's fucking head. I hadn't shaved my own head, right? And I went to Jeff Jarrett, and okay, we, I remember. And if, and here's the thing: if you look at the pay per view in the pre the package they put together, there's like four or five, several clippers, maybe three kinds of clippers and a bunch of scissors, right? But at the time we got to the ring, there was one set of clippers and maybe a pair of scissors, right? And the thing was, they sounds, told me this sounds like making a murderer, like yeah. <laughs> so so I I had looked. I mean, I like when I was being lazy. Like, I had a, a beard clipper, but I never used it. I would just use it to be lazy and shave my the unbearded part of my face real quick, right? So I looked at Jeff, and said, Jeff, I've never done this shit before. I go, what did I do? And I just ran it across my arm in the same way I ran it across Raven's head. Okay, in the same way. So turned upside down. <laughs> and I go, 
and I ran the hair off my arm and I said, so do it like this? He goes, yeah, just like that. So we get out there and, and the thing I've been told, uh, Ron or Don, it was Don Harris said, if all else goes wrong, these are sheep shears, right? The sheep shears look like a jack-o'-lantern's mouth. Okay. They didn't look like regular fucking, uh, shears that you use on your hair, right? They were used for shearing fucking sheep. So they're, they're fucking pretty vicious and they were, they were a shoot, you know? So we get out there and that's the only thing we have. So with that information, um, I just took it and turned it the same way upside fucking down. (laughs) You know, I didn't know any better. Um, and, and, and his hair, his scalp starts peeling off and his hair still doesn't grow in those places where that happened. But, um, my guess is, Oh yeah. Look at the front of his hair. He's even said, I can see, but (laughs) here's the thing. My guess. And then you remember Raven had a lot. I love Raven, but he had a lot of fucking heat at the time with the office. Right. And I know the Harris's fucking hated his guts. And uh, my guess is that Ron or Don, whoever was, I don't remember. Both of them were there. One of them probably said, okay, this is going to be a rib. Let's just leave the shoot shears there, right? Which would have hurt if I used them the right way. But when I turned them upside down, it just like, it was like putting a potato peeler on his fucking head, you know? Yeah. Oh my um, God. So, um, but, but yeah, so then, yeah, he, we came to, I came to the back after and he took it like a man. And I remember we were going off the air and I remember the referee giving us the Iggy like, Oh man, we got to do this now. So I had like 30 seconds and I'm nervous and I got shit upside down and I'm watching, I'm watching his scalp. just like you're mowing a lawn, except the lawn is coming up and he took it like a man. But when we went back there, I remember at first I walked through there and Jerry Jarrett, and I believe it's the only time Jerry Jarrett, the man of the cloth, I'm pretty sure he looked at me and said, you almost cut his goddamn head off or words to that. of something about goddamn, which and I was like, whoa, that came out of Jerry yeah. Jarrett's mouth. And not long after that, fucking Raven came through that curtain and started cutting promos. You remember that? Fuck you. I don't ever want to work with you. You're a fucking Mark. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. And he's going on and on. And I'm going, Raven, what the, you know, I didn't mean to do it. What? I'm so sorry. And he reared back and he threw a punch at me. And I'll give him this. He did pull the punch at the last second. I mean, you could almost see it in his eyes. Like, uh, oops. But he pulled it at the last second. But right after he did that, dude, you jumped in there and jumped on his ass. You know? And and, and then they had to do a pull apart with you and Raven, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, and of course we had all that shit worked out like probably by the next day or two days later. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I always, I, I mean, to this day, I always tell people, man, Wolfie's my dog because, you know, I, I, you know, I'd fucked up, you know, and then I was, pro- I was probably a patsy like Lee Harvey Oswald, <laughs> you know, I was a patsy and part yeah. of a fuck Raven up scheme. But yeah, you, you came in and you, you, you were ready to go down with the fucking ship, you know, and, and I appreciated that. But um, the word being circulated around was that Raven had told them uh, to get rid of you guys and put me with somebody else. I don't know who that somebody else was supposed to be. Yeah. But, but prior to the head shaving, 
I were you and Brock and being pissed off. I'm like, I'm going to beat this motherfucker's ass. He's, yeah. gonna, he's trying to fucking uh, take my job away. And in fact, actually, before the head shaving, it was the night. I don't know if the thing was in the sheets or something, but you guys heard that. And I remember going to you and you were like, I'm going to fuck Raven up. I'm going to take his kneecap out or word, something like that. Whatever, whatever Wolfie D would have done to somebody you wanted to fuck up. And I remember going, Wolfie, you can't do that. Dude, dude, we're in a spot with Raven. If you if you do that, we're all out of a fucking job. But you and Brian were real he, real fucking hot. And I remember telling Raven not long after that, maybe a year after or whatever, I was like, dude, they wanted to kill you. And he's like, no, no, they love me. And I was like, no, Raven, you have no fucking idea how much heat you had. I was like, you got a couple of fucking redneck boys from Tennessee that were ready to break your fucking legs and give zero fucks about it. And you're sitting here going, no, everybody loves me. I'm like, no, they didn't love you. You know, they were, they're ready to fucking kill you. And I, I kept them from fucking killing your ass. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that night, man, when he came back and he was browbeating you in front of everybody. And I thought like my thoughts on it were what a what a bully, man. Why are you going to why are you going to fucking do this to the gym? You know what I mean? You know, now, if you're ready to fight, I'm fixing to jump in. You're going to fight me first. Well, you jumped. You you definitely jumped. <laughs> but it was, uh, but, you know, and then just so everybody knows. Me and Raven were cool like two nights after that. We've been cool yeah. ever afterwards. But, you know, I mean, look, I understand. <laughs> if I had to sit there for 90 seconds and have some asshole, you know, potato peel my head, I'd probably be pretty hot myself. Yeah. But, um, but, but, you know, here's the thing. As fucked up as that was, talk about a classic fucking moment in TNA when that happened, you know? Yeah. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was some intense real shit. And, uh, and the thing that I didn't like was after that, I remember, I get, well, I didn't know it at the time. They were, and I don't know who made this call. Well, I don't know if it was Dixie or, uh, or Russo. Somebody, somebody wanted my ass out of there, right? So um, I remember Dutch calling me and said, what are we going to do after you do this? What would you be doing? And I said, well, you know, if I'm a super villain, which is how I've always kind of seen myself more than a wrestling manager, I'm like, I would just go hide like Osama bin Laden in a cave and send in tapes, you know, so he couldn't touch me, you know, like a, like a complete fucking coward talking shit from a distance. And none of that shit worked. And then like, uh, I think like after we did the blow off, cause, and the, the other thing was uh, like one week after another, they started killing you guys off Yeah. until he got to me. And then I don't, I don't think you guys came back for a while. And I yeah. started to see the writing on the wall, but I, I still thought they were going to bring me back. Anyhow, I did the fucking blow off match with Raven and I bled like a fucking, you know, whatever. And, and, and he got some receipts in on me for his spare. Um, I actually came out of that wolfie. Um, my, I, I broke my thumb and, and had a cracked orbital bone and shit. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I was pretty beat up cause you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and bled like, a just bled like a stuff I bled like you, you know? <laughs> so, uh, like I had the whole like rose colored glasses thing. I'm assuming you've endured that with as much as you've bled, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Everything's like, Oh shit. Everything's red. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, shit canned us all immediately after that.
they said, hey, man, we want to bring in Abdullah the Butcher for you. So that's where I, the first time that I wrestled Abdullah the Butcher in Overland, Missouri. So uh, have you ever been around Abdullah? I can tell. I, I'm going to let you finish this first, and then I'll okay. tell you my Abdullah story. Because okay. So, so uh, everybody will tell you, once Abdullah's done wrestling, he's – He's done. He doesn't want to do another damn thing. He just wants to get paid and leave. So we're out there wrestling, and uh, I come to the back, and Abdullah comes to the back and says, Champ, let's go back out. And we went out for another 10 minutes. I came to the back, and then we wrestled again out another door for another five. And people to this day don't believe me. They're like, there's no way that was Abdullah's idea. And I said, I swear it was Abdullah's idea. So. Uh, after we got done wrestling, he said that he was getting ready to fly to Japan. And by the time he got, he, he said, I'm flying out in four days. By the time I get back home, uh, have a videotape at my restaurant. And by the time I go back to Japan, I'll take it over there with me and see what I can't do. Wolfie, I, I, I couldn't even sleep. So I went straight home, uh, hooked up two VCRs made a videotape, waited for the post office to open, went to the post office, overnighted it to his restaurant, and he called me in two days, and he says, Damn, Tramp, you you really want to go to Japan, don't you? I said, Yes, sir, I do. So he took that over, and then I've been going ever since. But yeah. uh, I was Abdullah's boy over there, so uh, that shit where... Uh, I mean, people were the wrestlers were afraid of me when I got over there, and I'm I'm not that guy, you know. I'm I'm right. I try to work with everybody, but uh, you always hear stories about how harder hitting they are in Japan. And when I got there, there was a bunch of wrestlers with missing teeth, and I was like, damn, these guys are beating the fuck out of each other. But then I just figured out his bad hygiene, and they just had teeth missing, and and everything was cool, and and. Uh, Backwards towns we've worked with <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> Willie Paul Davis. Willie Paul. Here's my Abdullah story, man. 1994, me and Jamie go to Puerto Rico. Uh, I know you've heard the Puerto Rico story. I've told it. Of course. Not going to go into that. But uh, before that happened, uh, I think we were working at Bayamon. You ever worked there at the baseball stadium? Yes. Uh, me and New Jack took on Flash and some Puerto Rican dude. I can't remember the the other guy's name. So we're in Bayamon, man. And uh, after the show, I don't know, for whatever reason, everybody else was gone. And I, I really hate to say this story, to be quite honest with you, because this is weird. But everybody else was gone, man. And the only two people left in the Heels uh, locker room, because back then, I don't know if you were there in that day or whatever. I don't know what your years were, but it was still the old, you know, Heels on one side, baby faces on the other. And it was it was me and Abdullah. And uh, he's getting, you know, undressed from his mask or whatever. And he goes, you know, that little high voice, he can't. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. He said, uh, can you do me a favor? And I was like, yeah, what's up? He said, I can't reach my back. Can you wash my 
back for me. And, I, and at that moment, I was like, holy fuck, you know, is this, you know, you know, is this gay or whatever? I don't, you know, whatever. But I'm not, I don't know. I've heard stories about him and blah, blah, blah. At that point, I really didn't hear anything. But, you know, later, whatever. So at 19, no, I think I was 18 at that time. My thought was, this is Abdul the Butcher. This is somebody that I've watched growing up beat the fuck out of people. And I'm, you know, 180 pounds in Puerto Rico. Just heard all these stories of Bruiser Brody getting killed. And, you know, all this kind of stuff, man. And this guy asked me to wash his back. And I'm like, in my head, all that went through my head in like a total of five seconds. And I'm like, uh... Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Here's the big story. It comes out on Live and in Color, Wolfie D, that I fucking stood there and I washed that motherfucker's back just because I was afraid that he was going to try to fucking kill me if I didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> that story. That, that's come out in public now. I, that's awesome. I, man, so I'm, I'm laying in Japan in my bed one time and... <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning. I'm talking about we we just come off this ferry boat, and it was a, a long ride from the ferry boat to the hotel. And five o'clock in the morning, I get a call on the hotel phone, and I answer it, and it's Abdullah asking me to go to McDonald's and get me and him some breakfast. So I was like, all right, whatever. And I, I put the phone down. And then I laid there for a second, and then an hour later, the phone rang again. I accidentally fell asleep. <laughs> so he called me on the phone, and he's like, hey, uh, was was you going to go to McDonald's for us? I'm like, oh, man, sorry. I, I, fell, I fell back asleep. And he starts getting a little, little shitty with me. You know, hey, uh, if you're if you tell a man you're doing something, you you know you you know how he talks, right, right. Uh, and I go, all right, well, I'm telling you, I'm going back to sleep. And he goes, uh, would you please go to McDonald's for us? So after that, he never because we would we'd be in locker rooms, and he has that girl thing, and he has to have people helping put that girl thing on and he's had the Japanese boys ask to tie his boots for him and stuff like that. But he never asked me to do another thing after that. Right. And so that's what, I don't know. Was it a, did he <laughs> consider me like a Japanese boy? I was the only person there left. Cause he, nah. he, he, he considers everybody. I mean, it could have been a 60 year old vet. If he couldn't reach his back, Abdullah would ask that person, "Hey, is there any way that you could you right. could wash my back for me?" Right. Like Pogo did that same thing to me, and he was in a shower when, within those within those. But I mean, I was not. Here, here's the thing: I was not in the shower. I was sitting on the uh, the bench or whatever, and, and 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 neither of us were naked or anything like that. But he's like. You come over here and wash my back for me. And I, I honestly, I swear to God, at 18 years old, in Puerto Rico, scared to death, thinking to put ice in some guy's eyes, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the answer for that was. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll do that for you, man. <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was so weird. And, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> the 
wrestling business once again the wrestling business that's it that's all you can blame it on why did that not get over man was it you was it them what happened well, it was me because I, I I played typical Memphis, got to fight in a bar, and got in a uh, bunch of trouble right before it went out. I did. You know what? I heard oh, something man. about What was that? What was that? I mean, if Stupid, you want to talk about it, you can. Stupidity. Just stupidity. I mean, just it, it was what it was in Louisville, Kentucky, and ended up getting a fight in a bar right before it started, and it just... There you go. I mean, literally, I was on tap to be, you know, next in line to, you know, wrestle Undertaker at WrestleMania, and I decided to be a dumbass and get to fight in the bar. And was that the hold on? Was that the plan though? I mean, you were scheduled no, yeah. Undertaker. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, but yeah, you were built the, as the anti Undertaker, right? You were yeah, like I was the built built as the anti Undertaker, and and literally yeah. going straight towards hey, it. Here's the thing, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really know what year that was or whatever, but back in the day, okay, you win a bar fight, yeah, that escalates you. If you lost a bar yeah. fight back in the day, no, not not in Vince's eyes anymore because they were trying to sue and do all kind of shit and everything else. Yeah, no, it was. Oh man, it was a it was a losing battle. Yeah. Well, hey, I I just want to hear it, man. For me personally, <laughs> describe the bar fight for me, if you would. I, want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, really, it was nothing, nothing, nothing to it. I mean, um, it was me, Maven, and uh, Sly Grenier, who was uh, really? Rob Conway's at the part uh, partner at the time, the the Frenchies, and uh, we had just gotten back from. Uh, Austin, Indiana, I think, or something. Um, we'd all still had to wrestle there because we were like still developmental, but not developmental, and all the bullshit. And uh, it was Bar Louisville. We were at Blue Martini first, and then we ended up at Bar Bar Louisville. And I'm sitting off to the side. I just had all my hair dyed white, like I'm still wearing white. I look like a great big Colonel Sanders mark, um, <laughs> and. And, uh, uh, you know, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, who's been my, and actually our anniversary was Friday, so 16 years together. Congratulations. Um, Congrats. Also, um, literally, we're, I'm leaning against the bar. I'm trying not to cause any trouble. And, uh, you know, this kid keeps coming through and, Sly and Maven, uh, you know, Sly and Maven were fucking ladies, men. I mean, good God, every fuck girl in that club wanted them. Yeah. Um, and these, you know, a couple of these guys were just, you know, you could just tell they did not like it um, right. and stuff. And I told my wife, I said, they're gonna, they're gonna end up causing us problems here in a minute. I said, I've got too much to lose. Like literally, I just filmed my vignettes. I've done all my stuff. I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. When I come back to uh, come back, we're 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 leaving. Like, I gotta piss. That's you know, right? Why I didn't piss outside? Don't know. You know, everything's <laughs> always yeah. You, you always look back, going, God damn, yeah. it would have been so much easier. But long story short, get get back, and she's almost in tears. And I'm like, okay, Katie, what just happened? And she's like, well, he called me a cunt, told me to fuck off, shove my face, and went. Um, okay. And then I looked down and he had, you know, he kind of had his bottle next to him, uh, what to hit us. 
and I went, like, I, I just didn't have any time to react. And, you know, the big toothpaste head has big kickball head, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and big kickball head uh. had a uh, little skinny kid's head with his head. Yeah. And literally just blew up his nose, buses, or, you know, I, I, yeah. I got a big fat head. But it was either that or get hit, hit in the face with a bottle. Yeah. Um, and his buddies that were coming towards us, like they were about to fight us, went, fuck you, we're done. Like, don't please. And I, I mean, I'm all in white and, you know, look like a fucking uh, bloody tampon at this point. Um, and, and and I'm like, I, I, I look at Katie, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, like, what do we do? She goes, just, just go outside. Cause there were, there were all these, there were these two police officers that were always outside of, uh, Bar Louisville. So we walked out to them and we've helped them, you know, a, a bunch of the OVW guys have helped them several times in right. different fight, fight right. situations and everything else. So I walk out there and I basically look at them. I'm like, look, this is what just happened. I didn't egg this on. I didn't do this. Right. You know, all this stuff. And they went, just go home. And I went, are you sure? And they went, yep, nope, go home. And Maven and Sly were like, all right, let's go. I literally, you know, because uh, I had sunglasses on my head. Why I had sunglasses on my head being nighttime. They dug in, dug into my fucking head. And I was, I, you know, I mean, I was bleeding. I mean, I was crimson mask and everything else. They cleaned me up. Cops were cool. Just go. We're going to go in there, deal with this shit, go home. And then, you know, uh, I think we were in Houston that weekend or something. We So we all flew out the next day. Right. And then Monday I get from Johnny. He's like, uh, yeah, you're getting sued. Um, and, you know, you have a arrest warrant out for you. You need to go back. Uh, we just, and I went, okay. All right, here we go. So I went back that, and. So that fucked so the whole WrestleMania oh, yeah. thing. Yep. Well, I had to go to I had to go to Vince. I had to go to Vince and basically went to Vince and said, "Look, what do I got to do?" And, and Vince goes, "Well, we're going to pay them." Um, Vince said, "What? We're going to pay them to go to to go away, basically." Uh, you know, Vince was like, "We're going to offer them fifty thousand dollars to go away," and I went, "Okay." Uh, well, and then I'm like, "Well, how do I pay that?" He goes, "Don't worry, you're going to make enough money that you'll 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 be able to pay that back, you know, within a month." And I went. Uh, okay, like, yeah, you, know, you just don't know at that time, and you don't want right, to right. say yes or no. So literally, they offer that, and then as soon as that happens, the lawyers for uh, the other the other kid basically are, are like, no, we want five hundred thousand dollars now. And, uh, oh my god! And all this stuff, and it just. Just kept going and going, and then, and then that's where they, you know, they, you know, WWE was like, we just didn't have it. No, it's not because I didn't have it. It's because I was getting fucking sued, and they were tired of all the fucking lawsuit bullshit. So they figured if they fired me, they'd be done with it. And so that's basically what they did. They fired me. We got the lawsuit done, and then fucking two weeks or two months later, I come back as Kevin Thorne. Amazing how okay. that. Me and uh, there's a guy named Donnie Goodman, Donnie Eaton, that uh, okay. came around. Uh, he he was friends with a lot of us and did a lot of good things for a lot of us. And uh, just kind of a good guy in the business. His stepdad was Tim Ernesto's dad. So yeah. anyway, Donnie tells me, and I'm like 16, 
17 at this point. Joe just got done training me. I'm trying to get some bookings, whatever. Donnie says, hey, there's this guy named Mike Porter that runs a lot of shows around here. And, and you know, we're in Nashville. And he said, he works at the, the mortuary up here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm not a fan of dead bodies. Or yeah, let me tell you that. Not so Donnie says, hey, I'm going to take you up here and, you know, Michael book you and, and whatnot. And I'm like, okay. So we pull up. It's in West Nashville. Don't remember the name of the place. Uh, I think Mike had some heat on him, actually. Listeners or whoever can go back and look at this for uh, defamation of uh, corpses and stuff like that. I don't know. There was there was some shit going on back then. But anyway, so we go to this mortuary, and it's raining outside. There's a thunderstorm going on. So this is, this, here comes the hype. Here comes the hype. So anyway, we uh, we go in there. And Mike is not there. We just walk into this empty. I mean, they have funerals there. So downstairs is the chapel area or whatever. Then you go upstairs. There's, hey, you can buy a coffin in this room. There's all these coffins. And then there's some back rooms that you don't, you don't go into or whatever. So we're waiting on Mike to come out. And I swear to God, this is honest God truth. He comes through a, like a double door with a gurney with a dead body on it. I'm talking toe oh tags and all bullshit. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, what a Christ. So he pushes this thing through. I don't want to say thing. I don't know who it was. It's probably wrong. Right. But this is what I felt at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He pushes of course. His, he, and there's a there's a, that white, uh, you know, drape over it, that white uh, sheet or whatever. And I swear there was feet sticking out with a toe tag on it. And I oh. saw that. Holy shit. And then right about that time, no bullshit, man. I know this. It's crazy because I, I, you can't make this stuff up. You know, I told you it was raining. All of a sudden, woof, woof, lightning and thunder at the same time. Boom. It knocks the lights out. Okay. So I'm in a fucking morgue and I, there's a dead body in front of me, which I don't like anyway. There's a toe tag and all this shit and the fucking lightning strikes and boom, the lights go out, this motherfucker. And we're upstairs. And I'm telling you, man, it's like on the cartoons where they are up in the air and then their legs start spinning before they take off. I had to have looked like that because I fucking ran down the steps as fast as I could out the front door. And I never went back in and waited for Johnny in the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mike Porter story. Dude, that's legendary. I can't wait to share that with my friends that I work with. It was absolutely fucking nice. It was like the scariest thing. <laughs> I know yeah. it sounds like garbage. I swear, my life is just crazy. That Prince of Darkness gimmick. What was the influence on that? Was that like a Charles Manson, Anton LaVey kind of thing? Or, or is that just you and you said, this is the most evil thing I can do as far as heat? I know you're the king of heat. Well, the thing was, I spent a lot of time in Asia with Mark Lewin, Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, and you've got to realize this is way before the internet. Right. And, and people at that time didn't know where those countries even were, but they knew they were evil or they thought it was evil. So when I came into Florida, I was a baby face and I had split the dress room. Steve Kearney actually sent the interview from Memphis and said, Mike Graham, he ain't the same guy that we once knew. Barry Windham mentioned that, hey, he's not the same guy. 
blackjack, and I split the dresser. Mike was for me, other people were for me. And what happened was, I knew I couldn't start eight, that I had to start at eight. So they put me and Barry in a, uh, a 60 minute match on television for the belt. It was held up. And Barry, I went to dive at Barry. He moved out of the way. I fell out of the ring. He held up the ropes. He let me climb back in. 15 minutes later, same thing, but reverse. Barry takes the bump. I pull the ropes up. He steps in. I kick him in the face. And I dropped an elbow on him. Pinned him one, two, three. Yeah. Then I grabbed the belt and Mike Rams came around. And I'll never forget this. He said, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, this is what you want. So I'm going to give it to you. And I hit him with the belt. I hit him so hard. This is when we, we, some of the jeans had buttons. It blew the buttons off his crotch. He faced wow. me holding his pants up. So then, <laughs> then you got to realize this is the 80s. I'm in yep. Florida. So I started doing the interviews where each week I'd put a little dark makeup on underneath my eye. looked like I've been up all night. Mm-hmm. So the subliminal message was I'd be talking to an interview and then I'd say, I see that Ford Fairlane following me all the time. You're not going to catch me. Yeah. And then I'd one step further, one step further, one step further, and I evolved that character. And I think what happens in today's wrestling, and I'm a big fan, and it's in great hands with some of these young, talented guys. Mm-hmm. But this long-term storytelling is right. lacking a and I understand yeah. why, because they're under pressure. Yeah. These ratings every week. Yeah. But if you back up and say, okay, we're going to take a guy and we're really going to tell a story and let him evolve into this character. Mm-hmm. Because I always compare myself. My wife's not a big wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And she saw a tape of me and Andre. Uh-huh. And she said, he couldn't have been 7-4. I said, why? Because <laughs> when he hit you, punched you in the face, all you did was turn your head. I said, honey, I saw the alien. Do you guys ever remember the alien, the first one? Oh, yeah. yeah. The most scary thing in that movie to me was when the alien popped out of the guy's chest, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How big was that alien? He was a foot tall. Yeah. You could have hit him with fly water and killed him. Right. But at the end of the movie, he was as big as the ship. So was he really as big as the ship, or was that perceived in the head? So yeah. I knew stature. I was 5'8". The only good thing was I had power lifted and bodybuilded, so I was had some size on me physically, but I was only 5'8". But yeah. I worked with Dusty. I worked with Superstar, Andre, you know, all the big guys. And they were the ones that got me over because they oversold for me. So the people thought, well, this guy gets some kind of power. Yeah. And it just kind of worked out. And the other thing is, different time, different era, willing suspension of disbelief. A lot of people still believed. But when I was with Mark, we kept our characters all the time. We rode to the towns with our robes on. We went Live to the gym with the robes. Yeah, we lived the gimmick, so people couldn't say, oh, 
that's just the knack, those guys, and especially Mark, who, yeah. who really was in character. They would say, these guys were really nuts. So I think yeah. that was what helped. And, and again, small territory, territorial days. Sure. Couldn't be flying around the world with a robot today, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Housen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. And when I first went in there, nobody knew about this, but they depicted me. They wanted me to be Jake the Snake. They mm. wanted me to get a big-ass snake, and they wanted me to come out, and I had a whole camouflage outfit, and I came out, and they had me buy an um, albino python. I bought an 11-and-a-half-foot albino python, <laughs> and I didn't know dick about snakes. And now I got to keep it at my house. Mm. So I decided I'm going to take my son's um, closet and I'm going to glass in the top and put it in there with the light so he can watch it at night or watch it eat a rabbit and all this other shit. Well, mm. that didn't really work out good like a lot of things in my life. So. The first time it ate a rabbit, it took him like two hours to eat it and squeeze it. And the rabbit ended up pissing it all the way down his wall into his shoes and everything. So his whole room smelled like like snake piss and rabbit mm. piss. And so anyway, I took the snake several times and we were filming in Universal at the time. And... They just couldn't figure out how to utilize the character. So that's when they put me with Bobby. Bray Wyatt had to take some of that because a lot of his early fresh out of NXT promos had that Jake sway to it that like, you know, he was trying to do more like a New Orleans accent. It sounded like, but he, he definitely or had a little take that Jim Bodie. 
<laughs> Maybe that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Well, so like when, when, when I was there, he, and so again, I, I've talked about this and you know, people get mad or whatever. I'm like, I'm just calling a spade a spade. I love Bray Wyatt. I love Wyndham Rotundo. He's a good dude. Uh, IRS is a good dude. He, uh, IRS was one of my agents, one of my producers at, at SmackDown and on live events. IRS is a good dude. Um, I got to, I marked out getting to be in the ring with Barry Windham, his uncle, man. Like that's a cool family. Like I respect that family and I respect, I think Bray Wyatt is so fucking talented, but when he first got there and he wasn't even Husky Harris yet. And he would just constantly ask me questions. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Exactly the way I would ask Jake. And I was an open book because I thought we're at the same company together. I'm not right. going to hoard my spot. I'm going to try to make money with everybody. That's why yeah. Vince is paying me. So I'm right. going to be fruitful with my knowledge. So I would be like, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do this. This is why, this is why, this is why. And he said, and I'll get, I'll get all a bunch of grief over this because wherever the fuck he winds up, he's going to be a top guy and I don't need to get buried, but I'm just <laughs> just saying it. I just call it like what it is. You know, I don't mind being the, the Carl Perkins to his Elvis Presley. Like, he's awesome. He might do me way better than I do me. I don't know. Scott DeMora <laughs> used to always joke and say that about Rhino. He trained Rhino. He's like, Rhino copies everything I do, except he just does it better than me. Yeah. You know, so maybe maybe that's the case. So I'll humbly, you know, say I think Bray Wyatt's amazing. But right. he would always say, Why do this? Why do that? Why do you call your finishing move to Lulabelle? And I told mm-hmm. him I said I named it for my dead sister, my shoot dead sister. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? That's crazy. I go, Well, because just like her, when I hit somebody with that move, they ain't getting up. Right. Like, oh, that's so harsh. And when I got canned, <laughs> Abigail. Sister Abigail. Yeah. Wow. So, so all the, and all the little detail stuff, like I'm cool with, I'm cool with it. Just, but my family thing, like my, my sister thing kind of stings, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm happy he made a success out of it, but at the same time, like, right. That's that's my sister, you know? So, and and again, I'm proud of him. I think he's talented as fuck, but that's my sister. All the other little things, the little details are cool. Like again, he thought of so much stuff by himself. But at the same time, some of our conversations went like this. Hey, sinner, um, the office wants me to wear trunks. I'm kind of chubby. I don't think I could pull off trunks. What do you think I should do? Maybe a singlet? And I remember joking, saying, man, a singlet ain't going to cover up nothing. That's not going <laughs> to fool anybody. Like when you see an indie guy in a T-shirt or a wife beater, we know you're a skinny fuck under there. Or we know you're a fat fuck under there. You're not fooling anybody. You're not pretending to be Rick Rude under that fucking baggy barbed wire t-shirt you're wearing. We <laughs> right. all know fucking Stevie wonder can tell you're a fat fuck under that t-shirt. So just <laughs> Embrace being a fat fuck or hit the gym or whatever, or where. So, so what I told him was like, look, some spandex single it or otherwise is not going to fucking hide or fool anybody. I go yeah. wear something baggy like a, like coveralls or wear something baggy, like a fucking Hawaiian t-shirt, like, like uh Kate fear, like De Niro, which is basically like a Charlie nice. Manson kind of Waylon yeah. mercy kind of thing. You know, totally. I know. And if you're yep. going you, to go, if you're going to go with the Hawaiian shirt and be, you know, kind of Charlie Manson ish, well, Charlie Manson needs his family. He needs, he needs a flock. And mm-hmm. when I did the Turkish stuff, the animal masks are really creepy. Mm-hmm. And so he's just taking fucking notes. And he's like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So proud of him. You know, I, I don't know if he wants to remember those conversations, but it's fine. It's no yeah. problem. He, yeah. he can, he can, he can endorse it. He can go. Yup. Um, you know, it certainly helped my payday. It certainly helped, helped me if he was to go. Yup. Got a lot of ideas from him. Yep. Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, all that shenanigans. Okay. But if not, you know, people are the way people are. 
So right. again, if, 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 if this blows back and blows up in my face, well, fuck, whatever. <laughs> so again, what, 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 Vince not going to book me? What, Tony Khan not going to book me? What, Demore not going to book me? Right. Well, because I, because I spoke the truth. Yeah, right. You know, I get you, you speak the truth these days and you're a fucking conspiracy theorist. So maybe yeah. I am. When I said, I said, man, that, uh, I saw Dan Housen come in, man. He's pretty fucking over. You said, no, he's popular. And that, like, it resonated in me. I'm like, God damn it. I never thought about that way. He's right. Because so, so, so people probably don't believe popular. he can whoop ass, but he's, he's got a little. No. Character. And, and he's, not any good at, he's not any good at wrestling. But right. his character is attractive. And, and, it, and it gets attention. And he's a clever kid. He's yeah. a really yeah. small clever kid who knows how to present himself well and and kudos to him yeah. for getting signed i hadn't seen him have a match yet uh and if i was booking i wouldn't he wouldn't have one you know what right. i mean amen yeah. amen yeah when i saw him for the first time and i'm listening to his promos and all this kind of stuff and i see his face and all that i'm like do i want to look up one of his matches or not <laughs> and then, then yeah. i realized i probably didn't want to do that <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean you know and you would have regretted it. And look, it's not, nothing against the kid. You, you, no. you work to your strengths and not your weaknesses. And you, right. weak, one of his weaknesses is in ring work. So what is your strength? Your strength is your character. So get by on that and kudos to him for doing it, man. But again, right. yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, he hadn't really done nothing. He showed up in a couple of key matches, like pulled out from under the ring or something. And so, yeah. I don't know. I think they're... I, they're doing right with him. I would use him sparingly like they're doing, you know what I mean? And I'd also send him out on every single, uh, AEW publicity autograph meet and greet thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like totally he's always in character. He, he's clever. He's funny. Uh, the character gets over, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Right. You know, I always thought he should be like a Pee Wee Herman or an Ernest or something like that, where he could be this almost a movie star in a character, but I don't see him in the ring. You know, that's just me. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, I'm just because he's not good in there. <laughs> right. Right. And, and the other thing is, he's not good in the ring, but also at the same time, what is he? I don't feel like they've done a very good job of telling you what he is, you know? Yeah. Explain what Danhausen is. And look, I think that's where they dropped the ball a lot too at AEW is they just figure since the Twitter knows who it is, everybody right. knows. And if you don't, you're stupid. Well, what about the lapsed fan? What about the fan that's just clicking channels? What about, you know, what about people that, because I'm with you. I don't know what Dan Housen is. Right. Uh, what's a curse? You're cursed or what? I don't even know. I don't get it either. Um, but I, I'm smart enough to know he's popular. So I yeah. utilize him for that. Uh, he's just not over. I'm, nobody's going to pay money to see him go for the title. Right. I mentioned that Dan Housen kid, and he, I said we were having dinner, and I said, I said that dude's pretty, pretty fucking over. I said when he came in, and he said he's not over. He's popular. And I was exactly. like, what? I'd never heard yeah. that before. You know? Exactly. There is a difference. Yeah, and I never, I'd never heard that before. There's a lot of people that, that get into that character because. They're the same fucking size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because this little guy's actually getting a push, he gives them hope. Mm. Those are people are few and far between, and they won't be there long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He goes through a rough spot, brother, and you'll forget about him. Yeah, absolutely. So, right now, he's enjoying himself. Yeah, if they if they look correctly. Right. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we've all said it on yeah, here. Don't put him in the ring. When's that going to happen? <laughs>
Wolfie, you always had great gimmicks. You always had a uh, great character, great, uh, you really, I mean, you scared the shit out of me, man. Scared the shit. I was afraid. Jimmy, I was afraid of you. I, I told Jimmy that story before. You got to tell it from your perspective. Oh man, I'm I, you, and then James, Father James Mitchell, who I, you know, thank God I reconnected with him, and he's got a kid now. He's softening up a little bit, but I mean, I yeah. thought you guys were just back there, you know, performing like Illuminati rituals and like <laughs> waiting to sacrifice the young children and the marks and the and the crowd. Like I, I, I. I mean, I really believed that you all were up to some really bad stuff, and I, I, I stayed, I stayed, keep my distance from y'all because, because you, you scared me. Okay, so this one I'm dying to know because I've heard some crazy stories about this guy. How about the missing link? Oh yeah, I know him well. <laughs> Was in Louisiana and Texas with him, uh, uh, Dewey Robinson. Right, and he lived. He, every place and in Florida, he'd always lived at a, um, a nudist colony. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he never drove. Uh, Gail always always drove, and he said, "Well, the, his job to wrestle, and her job is to drive." Um, <laughs> That's not he, a bad deal. He was, Dewey was a stud, but he was he was a missing link. Yeah, he. Yeah. Had, <laughs> and I went to a, um, my wife and I at the time, Rita, went to a nudist colony, and, you know, we ate dinner there. She was so freaked out. And she's like, well, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. yeah. George, were you, were you naked there? No, I wasn't. And, oh. and, and Gail didn't get naked out of, out, of, out of respect for Rita. But they, and, and their son, um, he would, uh, he lived there with him. You, you know, I trained his son and um, Sam Houston. Do you know who Sam Houston? Is? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, Grizz had me come out about twice a week and, and work with him. He was the absolute shits at first. I didn't think he'd ever make it. And he turned out to be really good. He has yeah. thanked me a hundred times, you know. Inspiration for your Cerebus character. And is okay. that a character you enjoyed doing? And it's one of his favorites. I guess talk about the Cerebus character, because I really like that character. I, I, but again, um, you know. Cerebus was basically just a, a spinoff of Slash. Uh, I just kind of added to it, took the scar away, added the fangs, uh, new, new get up. Uh, but it was basically just me still being Slash, but not being Slash. And the name... Uh, I can't take the credit for the name because I was like, I was doing the gimmick or whatever. And then TCW traditional championship wrestling that was based out of Missouri with uh, Matt Riviera uh, was the, the owner. And, um, you know, he he'd called me or I don't remember how we got in touch, but about me working for him. And, uh, I think I just said, man, I'll just come and slash. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted to, have his, I guess, like have his own name for his thing or whatever. And uh, so I think I might have even been using the like an assassin, you know, not not that as my name, but kind of Wolfie D, the like an assassin. Right. And so anyway, Cerebus came up and it's actually Cerebus, and which is in, I think it's Greek mythology, but it's the three headed dog that guards the gates of Hades or some shit like that. Yeah. That guards the gates of then the I underworld. Yeah. And so that's when I, I had to make it with that name. I had to make it more, 
uh, dogish, wolfish, whatever you want to say there. But yeah, I love doing that character, and I'm you know I made most of the gear for it uh, out of evil foam. Watched uh, a lot of YouTube on these kids how they make the uh, the cosplay outfits and figured out how to do it, and I made you know my own stuff as far as the uh, the chest plates and and things like that. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, man, I but remember you gave me that name. So I can't, I can't take the credit for the name, but that's what it is. Yeah, but it made sense because you're, you were doing Slash, but you also serviced as a two-headed dog, and you got the wolfy yeah. element to it, and right. definitely made sense to me. Uh, you know, if you if you really thought about it, you know, the Lycan Assassin that all made sense. You're a wolf, you're yeah. a man. You know, my partner, my yeah. partner that they were putting me with, Gary Roosevelt Graham. Uh, it was, um, I forget what his wrestling name is. It was something with a dog. Oh, crap. He, he, he punched me right now. If he knew, I couldn't think of the, the working name. But anyway, <laughs> he, he was kind of a dog-like person, and they called us the Hounds of Hell. So, yeah, it all made sense. Oh, I love that tag team too, man. That was, that was very cool, you know. So anyway, that's a good question. I, like I said, we haven't talked about Cerebus very much, and definitely appreciate that question. That, that was his name. It was Roosevelt. Roosevelt yeah. the dog. Okay, nice. Gary yeah. Roosevelt Graham. Good All right. Dude. Yeah. Well, I like that gimmick. I love the two dog gimmick, uh, you know, element, wolf, dog, whatever, you know. It, it all canine <laughs> familia. Yeah. Canis familia. Anyway, <laughs> canis. Is that right? Did I just say canis? Okay. Is that a it's dog? A, yeah. I believe it is. I do want to ask one question, Ronnie. You dressed up as Miss Atlanta Lively. I, I love that. That was so funny when you were in the room and Rick came in thinking it was precious. And, you know, a lot of people don't know. Well, I do because I'm from that area, but that you had done that with Boogie Woogie as well as a tag team partner with Boogie. That was such a great gimmick. I, I thought that was such a hilarious time. Well, we played it. It's almost like pulling your rib on 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 uh, on Ric Flair, you know. Right. Yeah. Day, you know, he really liked uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, precious. Yeah. Precious. Precious. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so I came up with the idea of dressed as a girl. Well, I went shopping and they went for it. You know, I forgot. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, they loved it. And I said, uh, well, I went shopping. For clothes, that was the part I had the best. I had a girlfriend at the time, and she did my makeup because I couldn't do any of that. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> she picked my clothes, uh, the shoes. I had to find a store with the big women, you know, with big feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the dress and everything. Well, bought all the stuff, and that evening we decided that we're going out clubbing. You know, her. Yeah. As a woman. Oh my God! We went to about three or four different bars, and we're dancing <laughs> together. This things—they thought we were two lesbians. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I was in one bar, and uh, some guy pinched my ass. <laughs> Turned around, and he was going the other way. Uh, but I knew it was him. And then another guy made a comment. He says, "Look at the shoulders on this broad." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a blast, man! So that I had to take funny. the to the matches. Yeah, you know, to do my makeup and all that. Cause, man, I, Those were the good old days with stories, lot like, storylines like this. Oh, you no, know. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's when uh, we came up with the idea of the hotel with uh, with Flair and uh, who was the manager there? Uh, J.J. Dillon. Yeah. 
Yeah. First, I'd uh, push J.J. Dillon into the, into the water. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. It was great. It was like a movie, you know? You guys really did excellent stuff. It really was. And I remember, is it Rick? I think he, like, grabs you and he, like, starts feeling that it's not like a, a woman. It's like a... <laughs> he, like... <laughs> The very best is in the dressing room when I was dressed. And after she dressed me up, you know, yeah. I would go into the dressing room with the boys. Well, when we first started, about, talked about doing the thing, you know, uh, I think I think it was Dusty uh, Road was in on it. Uh, he knew. Yeah. Was a Crockett. Anyway, there was only a handful of guys. But uh, what's his name? Uh, Samoan. What's the big guy? Haku. Huh? How to? It's the other one. Uh, Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian is in the dressing room. We're doing the TV. Barbarian, <laughs> yeah, I'm standing there, and one of the boys, I forgot who it was, came to me and he says, Barbarian thinks you're a real woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I kept peeking, you know, once in a while. Looked, he was staring at me, following me everywhere in the dressing room with his eyes, you know. He, that's what I was doing. <laughs> he wasn't smart, was he? <laughs> and, uh, no, he wasn't smart. So I walked by him, and as I walked by him, I touched his pants, you know, his pecker. And I said, hi, big boy. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally had to come to him right in his face because I figured if he jumps on me and wants to rape me, <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> That's going to be bad. I said, oh, hey, man, it's me, Ronnie. Oh, 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 brother, oh, brother, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't Those imagine trying to fight the barbarian off of me. I can't oh, imagine shit, that. <laughs> 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 Too much. Yeah, oh, my brother, God. Said, oh, the eternal question, and I'm sorry, I know these podcast questions can get mundane a little bit, but what was the blood made of? <laughs> what, was, what was the blood made of? It was a, uh, uh, a zesty man. Uh, matter of fact, I just loaded up my gear bag as uh, uh, I was texting uh, Wolfie earlier. I was pouring my uh, blood. So Binne, uh, well, I, I probably don't say it right because I'm like, N-Y-E, Ben B, and and it's N-Y-E is the second word, and it's a zesty man, it's stage blood, so it's basically like uh, corn syrup and stuff like that, but I buy it uh, right out of the uh, magic shop and stuff and stuff like that, because I prefer you know, to now, that uh, poison me and stain my clothes and taste really good and give me good vampire breath, you know? Yeah, so yeah. You know I'm a huge <laughs> kiss mark, you know I'm a huge kiss mark, so is it the same thing Gene, Gene used? Uh, I'm sure it's probably super similar, yeah. But you know that because uh, Gene, I'm a big Kiss fan too. The whole the whole blood spraying is a tribute to Gene Simmons' uh, Rise of Thunder guitar solo. I just spray the blood instead of biting it and letting it come out while he rises. Right. So, so that right. that 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 whole thing that whole thing is like that whole entrance is like a Kiss tribute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's entrance, true. That music, everybody says that about you, has to be in the top ten uh, wrestling entrances of all time. Has to be. Mm. Well, I, I don't know if it's in the top 10, but what it has done for me is it, kept me iconic. Like, so it's kept me very blessed to be able to work 20, 25 years later. Uh, people still love the music. They hear it. They come out. They see an old man come out there. But, oh, he sprays the blood and he still hits the DDT. Yeah. <laughs> They're super happy. So yeah. uh, like that old entrance, 
the music, especially the music and the entrance, and even and, and then Edge keeps keeps me trying, just like he won WrestleMania with what he did and SummerSlam prior to that. Uh, he really does. He's really kind. He doesn't have to do that. He could just be Edge or whatever and be a right. superstar, or he can make his own dark entity. He doesn't have to channel back to the brood, but he does that, and and I know he does it out of kindness to help keep me current because he knows I'm out there grinding. He's always worried about me still making all these times, but, but he knows I love it. So I, I think he just, that's his way of throwing me a bone the best he can. You know what I mean? Without being actual. Trade. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> that really is awesome. Cause you know, when you get in the wrestling business, they always say, man, at the end of it, you'll be able to count your true friends on like one hand. And you know, I, I kind of believe that. Um, but it's nice to see that, you know, somebody like him who's still got the platform, you know, will throw his boys a bone, uh, to take care of them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he 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 would, man. He's he's, he's we all have our ups and downs and loopy loops and hoopy hoops and we do some crazy shit. But uh, he's really a good man, a good dude, man. He is. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so when you when you came to Memphis, you stayed with uh, Steve Dahl, Steve Dunn. The listeners might know him as Well Done, um, yeah. and and his wife, who's who his his wife was the sister of Crush, and yeah. uh, so. You lived there, and Luna stayed with you a lot downstairs in their basement. And I'd, I've been to Steve's house back then, but I'd never been in it. But I had heard uh-huh. all the stories. So share with the people about Steve Dahl's haunted house. Well, it, it was a long road. Let me tell you how much I appreciated getting to stay at Steve Dahl's house. So when I first came to Memphis, I had to stay with a fellow named Burt Prentice. And we all know Burt <laughs> Prentice. That's <what> <laughs> 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 I got tired of my... I got tired of my underwear disappearing, my car getting stolen, and, 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 and uh, pretty sure I was pretty sure I was in my sleep. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, so from Bird's house, I went to being homeless and sleeping in my car. So I, I yeah. slept in the car, showered at the uh, gymnasium, as much as a lot of people did in Memphis. And, uh, you know, it wasn't all like rhinestones and diamonds and stuff, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it was like, so... Uh, so from there, then Steve was kind enough. So now I'm grateful as hell. Now, don't get me wrong. Steve was kind enough to say, hey, man, just come up from Memphis. Stay in my house here. I think it was in Hendersonville. Uh, we yep. might lay trickery there. And yep. uh, just come stay with me. Uh, you know, I got a basement and all that. So like, I'm super happy to get there and stay in this house. But nobody yeah. told me. Nobody told me about these evil spirits working in that house. <laughs> <laughs> that house was... Oh man, that house! I, I went back to just being homeless after that. <laughs> and uh, I remember it was like nice. it was so many crazy nights. You know, they they said something when I was staying there that uh, Crush Brian Adams he had had some issues with with uh, uh, the heating. Like he said, he believed there was a ghost, and he he would go down there, and it, you know, it'd be the uh, it'd be the, the coldest of winters, and the AC would get turned on, and the heat would be turned off, or opposite in the summer, the, the heat would be turned on. And, stuff. and you had to come into the basement to do it. You couldn't do it from upstairs or see the patty stay. You know, the basement was separate, everything but the bathroom. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. But I, I mean, there was so many nights you would hear, hear weird stuff going on. And then um, uh, one night, it was, it was cold outside, and Luna happened to be there that night. And... Uh, we had gone to bed. It was about two in the morning, three in the morning. We came in from a town or something, and uh, the damn car alarm starts going off. I'm like, so I run outside. I, I get the car, start it up, turn the alarm off. I come back inside and move. He's like, "What set it off?" I go, like, "I don't know, man." I go back out again because the car alarm goes off again. I jump off. I run out there. Uh, this happens the third time. I go out there. I go to come back in. The door is locked. 
Now, Luna's sleeping, right? <laughs> I'm banging on the door. It's from them. Uh, like, so, you know, I blamed the ghost. I said, yeah, I still haven't seen the ghost. You know, I haven't physically seen it, but yeah. I had to be that ghost, man, because, you know, something kept setting the alarm off, and then I went outside and locked me outside in the freezing cold. Now, people don't think Nashville can get cold. Nashville can get cold in the winter, and I was in the office oh, yeah. shorts down there. Just banging on the door, Luna. I go, why'd you lock me out? I might lock you out. I've been laying here and then she yelled at me. Well, she had heard something <laughs> at that point and she'd be yelling up, up the stairs at the thing. Go uh, yes. leave this place or something like she's some kind of exorcist person or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She's got she's gonna break out some shade and clear this place out, you know. So a lot of yeah. things went on like that. Uh, little other things went on. I think, you, I think you see little shadows out the corner of your eyes. But then one day I came in with y'all. I think y'all dropped me off or whatever. I think I was riding with y'all. Y'all dropped me off at the house, or I, I dropped you off, and maybe I came to the house. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, yeah. I go there, and Steve, Steve and Patty wasn't home. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, they were very particular about everything. Like, uh, like they would never leave their bedroom doors open or something. But you had to use the, they used to, there's only one bathroom, so you had to go upstairs to use the bathroom. And uh, I never really liked going upstairs. I, I, I felt blessed to be staying in their house and didn't want, you know, I right. just, just felt, I felt a little uncomfortable, and I want to go up there, but... And I had to go to the restroom. I was going to get up there and brush my teeth and uh, settle in, you know, have, uh, you know, get some rest. And uh, yeah. I noticed their bedroom door was open. And uh, I'm like, that's so, it's so weird. So when you're looking in the mirror, brushing your teeth in the bathroom, you can see right in their bedroom door and right above their bed is a crucifix, like the cross. And uh, oh, so I go, I'm sitting there, I'm brushing my teeth, you know, and I get this really weird feeling. I look up in the mirror. You know how you're always scared you're going to see something in the mirror sometimes? You turn to like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm brushing my teeth and I look up and I'm looking at that crucifix and I'm like really drawn to it for whatever reason. Uh, and I mean, I think we evil. know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't no damn vampire this day. I, okay, fair I, like, I look up and I was looking at that crucifix going, what? and then this dark, evil looking shadow. I can't even describe it, but I'll let it, it was dark and sinister and it, it crossed right from the crucifix, kind of stopped in front of the crucifix Looked over at me in the mirror and then and then went on. Man, I've, I've got goosebumps now. Just telling you that I I, uh, I sprinted down to that basement. And I got on the phone to Luna. I gotta go. <laughs> I said, "This place is evil. It's bad. It's all bad. It's all bad." I think I might even call you guys. Well, yeah, I might have called you. Said, "I gotta get out of here. I didn't know where to go. What to do?" But uh, man, I moved out of there after that. I couldn't stay there anymore. But there was all kinds of stuff I just don't remember that went on that I couldn't. That was that was the struggle broke the camels. But that was where I actually seen this seen this beard or whatever it was. This bad, whatever it was. I actually seen it. I wasn't even on drugs. Some days I might be like, well, damn, man, maybe I did a little bit too much cocaine or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm hearing shit or seeing things that ain't there. But nah, I just yeah. stay sober as a judge. No drinking, no nothing. I wasn't even really that tired. I was just chilling. And it scared me so bad. I, it, it verified all the little things I had seen and heard in the, in the car line, all that, all that stuff. And yeah, and I was out of there. That, that place that place scared the shit out of me. I, I wouldn't go back either, man. You, you tell me to buy it. I, I, they should warn people before they buy that house. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Seriously. It's, man, you know, I can just uh, see it, though, man. When you were telling me the story about her yelling up the stairs, I would pay money to be able to see that. I don't know that I would have wanted to be yeah. there. It was something like ghost <laughs> And I would have, that would have scared everybody. Go get a light. Go get a light. 
Cold Cat yeah. Ice. <laughs> well, the neighbors are probably scared. I thought it was some kind of beast over there. Right? <laughs> probably echoing out across Lake Hickory, you know? Like, what is that? <laughs> Did you hear that? What the hell is that? Meanwhile, I was terrified of ghosts, and you're terrified of Luna. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. The ghost is terrified of Luna. That's great. Man, Wolfie D, those stories from some cool Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, man. And it brought back some of the memories. I'd forgotten some of those stories that were told, uh, yeah. especially the older ones and whatnot. But, yeah, perfect, man. You do a great job putting that stuff together. And, and uh, every one of those guys told a really you know cool story. And it was relatable to Halloween, man. Very oh, cool. totally. I mean, again, Father Jim telling the Raven's hair story all the days <laughs> is great. But Sin Bodie talking about Bray Wyatt still in his gimmick. And I know, you know Bray Wyatt recently passed, but I thought that was a very current story that could work. And then, you know, anytime you can hear Gangrel tell that Stephen Dunn haunted house story, man. Yeah, that's the best. Dude, I get chills thinking about that. And, <laughs> dude, I can't imagine what he was dealing with, man. So If we if we just had Luna still here to tell her version. <laughs> I know. Or, you know, and he even, you know, even talked about Crush staying there for a little while, too. Yeah. And and I'd love to hear what he had too. Unfortunately, we can't because they're yeah. gone now. It's just yeah. that's even sad. They've moved on to the other side. So, yep. but I tell you what, we've got some good questions. I think for Ask Wolfie anything. So if you want to stick around, let's let's ring that up here. Well, you fire away, buddy. All right, DJ, hit that music. Right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything, or maybe Ask Slash, or maybe Ask, ask Cerebus. I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, you, you kind of went from like you know a, a hood kid to you know you go now to you went to a serial killer, so that was like an escalation, and then you went to a living embodiment of a werewolf, basically. Yeah. So you know, now I'm just I'm just Kentucky white trash. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty good, but Trailer Park has already got you beat to Damn it. So you can just be his, you know, like how like Hillbilly Jim had Uncle yeah. Elmer and stuff, you know. <laughs> you can be like Cousin Wolfie, you know. Cousin Wolfie. <laughs> Cousin Kelly, how about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, it, I'm a junior. I could be Cousin Junior for guys. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Cousin Junior. Why are we thinking that? Yeah. Well, anyway, so I've kind of, you know, like I said, we got inundated with questions and we get some, you know, we get updated questions all the time, especially again, you know, at Live Wolfie D on all the social media platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. We're putting out every week, we're putting out a new video from the archives on YouTube that's never been on YouTube before. So every Saturday at 6 a.m., you can go to YouTube and you'll have a brand new podcast. If that's what you like to listen to us on, it'll be dropped on YouTube. So anyway, that being said, one of the very first questions is one of our great listeners. It's always given us great questions, and it's actually very timely on this All Hallows' Eve Devil's Night episode is Cause Effect on Instagram. And he asked this question, Wolfie, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? 
Oh, without it. Well, okay. So my mom, when I was around six ish, I think I've told you the first concert I ever went to in my life was kiss and it was yeah. in Chicago and I was about that age and everything. So I was eating up with it. Well, she, she did the makeup and, and my hair and made me a, I had a cape and you know, the, the, the outfit that had the chains in the middle of it for Jean and all that. And then she had some friend of hers make me a, a wooden axe guitar and yeah. uh, all this kind of stuff. So that was awesome. And I wish I can see the picture in my head. I don't know what happened to all of it when my mother then passed away. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. But then I'd say at about the age, let's see, whatever you are around fifth and sixth grade, uh, I did the Terminator. And I did it myself. And it was Dude. really fun. Cool. Yeah, I, I did the whole uh, side of my face with silver paint and then took some of that, you know, I know the stuff is a lot better now, but the uh, uh, scar type stuff and put around it. So, you know, yeah, and blood. And I even wired up a, a pair of sunglasses to have a little red dot on the inside of them and shit. Wow. Nice. Yeah, did that all myself. That's awesome. I, I think that's my favorite costume too. And it wasn't even mine. So that's awesome. <laughs> so just to kind of go off of what you and again, they didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell it. So my probably my favorite, I dressed up like Freddy Krueger one year mm-hmm. and I was like probably in fifth grade or fourth grade and all my other friends were dressed up like action figures or dolls or something. And yeah. I'm standing there as this slasher. I'm sure they thought my parents were just deviants, but you know. <laughs> But it was a lot of cool. I had the glove and everything made up, and yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then let's not forget too that a few years, or not last year, but the year before, uh, Michelle dressed up as like a uh, Little Red Riding Hood, uh, yes, two thousand fifty with the gun, and she had captured me. I was the big bad wolf, and then we had Raid and Isaiah dressed up as the as two of the three little pigs, but they were not normal. They had blood on them and a knife in their hand. And uh, we definitely should have won that contest, and we got robbed. I tell you, by uh, and I'm not going to knock because it was a it was a kid, and I, I felt like there was a reason everybody was wanting this little kid to win. I don't know, had she been sick or something? I don't know. That's why I'm not going to knock it. But sure, we robbed. <laughs> Just tell yeah, you, you were what. That was incredible. And I think I love the family theme costumes. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I, was, I, I came up with that and I'll say that I'm very proud of that because I think that's very unique and original. But. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so to go another way, I got to You brought this up one year. My brother dressed up like commando Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. <laughs> and then I dressed up like crocodile Dundee. So it was pretty cool. I had that big knife. It was like a big Rambo plastic knife, but still. Yeah. Anyway, so that was fun. And then when I had my band we dressed up for we we had this local music scene that always did parties and all kinds of stuff we dressed up in black turtlenecks and mm-hmm. wore red berets and we painted mm-hmm. ourselves like kiss faces okay. and we were, we were french kiss Ah, I mean, you know what? I've actually seen that gimmick before. Not yes, not yes. necessarily what you just described. It looked a little different from what I from what I saw or what you're saying. But yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, that we had fun with that. Do, can you guess who I had to be? Um, Ace. No, I, I was Gene. Gene. 
Yeah. yeah, I was the bass player, you know, so oh, I yeah. felt like I had to be Gene. But Ace is, you know, probably overall my favorite. And I did but, dress up as Ace at a Kiss concert one time that was very near Halloween, so that was another good one. Dude, it was like if if like you, it was incredible. Actually, it was like if Ace were a wrestler. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like you know you had Dale Torborg as the demon. You could have right. been the Space Ace. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. cool, I like that. That would have been a hell of a tag team. Now that I'm thinking about it, but oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thoughts yeah. on wanting Kiss to. I, as a kid, I wanted Kiss to come out on Memphis TV so bad I couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny that you bring that up because one of our listeners, Lash Madison from YouTube, actually asked a similar question about Memphis TV. It says the slasher characters in Memphis. Mm. Did you like the idea? Uh, yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them were a bit corny, but I mean, that was just kind of a Memphis thing. And, you know, Lawler loved his monsters and loved to beat the monsters. And yeah, you know, uh, some of them were cool, uh, you know, and there were some funny things. We, I, I think it was Brian Lee in the leather face when they caught the apron on fire. I can't remember if it was him or not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And uh, Lord humongous. I don't know that I'd consider him one of those, but I love that fucking gimmick. Oh, totally. And, yeah. uh, yeah, there was, uh, let's see, there's, uh, what did Doug's daddy do? Tommy did uh, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the man before. Yeah. And you yeah. see Jeff even took it to another level. He took Leatherface to AEW. But you know, that was kind of like the uh, Bray Wyatt match that we were all kind of like, what in the world was that? But it was I know match you know it was money uh, yeah money yeah. and i guarantee you the you know leather face in the video game was the same exact situation so yeah and, and it you know i like that they do some of that crossover stuff because you know it's just making good money yeah. for them yeah. you know business but that's that's jeff's influence oh i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> jeff's jeff's a great businessman for sure so yeah i always enjoyed it i mean i i thought it was very original you know obviously i think i wonder if they because I know when didn't Doug take the Freddy Krueger gimmick to Japan? Yeah. And then he got hit with a cease and desist because they were maybe calling it Freddy Krueger, but then he changed it anyway. Yeah. 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 But anyway, long story short, I, it was, it was definitely Memphis, right? I mean, it was, you know, obviously yeah. a Jerry Lawler deal, you know, yeah. and, he and, loves his and superheroes and monsters. Infamous uh, Christmas creature, if that counts. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's got to count. It's not really a slasher, but it's definitely a monster. So mm. I mean, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we're forgetting, but that's all right. Yeah, we're forgetting somebody. But then anyway, so yeah, thank you for that question, Lash. Appreciate it. So the third one on the list is Chuck loves Die Hard on Twitter, and he says favorite horror movie. Favorite horror movie. Yeah. Or just uh, some of them that uh, you really like. And I've watched quite a few here lately, but you know me, I'm so bad that I'll watch four in a fucking day or something. You'll ask me, hey, would you watch it? Like, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> and you'll like mix them up. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. <kidding. laughs> yes. uh, but I mean, I guess like, like all time, man, I mean, I just know that as a kid, I was terrified of Michael Myers and Jason. I mean, yeah. I literally would, uh, you know, get up under my covers at night and because I forget what, whatever. Let's see. You know what year part three came out Friday 13th and 3D? Oh, man. Is it like uh, 80? But regardless, I was at an age where that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. I'd get under yeah. my covers and just, you know, lay on my side, not move, but just enough space around my nose and my mouth so that I could get some fresh air. And 
<laughs> it came out in 82. It came out yeah, in 82. So yeah. I was like nine or something, eight or nine. Yeah. 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 I, re- I love those movies. And I remember when I was kind of considered old enough to watch them. And I feel like I probably watched them a little earlier than I should have because I had older cousins that would show me these things. Mm-hmm. And man, I tell you, those that I did like Jason. I was kind of a Freddy Krueger guy, but now I've kind of turned into a Jason guy. But Freddy I don't just always seem so corny to me, man. And especially if you watch them now. Oh, like, totally. <laughs> now it's rough, man. Yeah. And it, it was like the, but I think it was because I was smaller and a kid and right. it was, it kind of it was like you know Ernest does horror whatever but <laughs> yeah. so who would would you say Jason or Michael is your favorite slasher character would you say uh, yeah probably one of them too man I, I just I like you know I guess that's my my age group or whatever that's what I was yeah. brought up on and that was the shit that actually scared me nothing you know nothing's gonna scare you now hell the world we live in scares me worse than fucking movies do but, yeah uh, <laughs> seriously seriously. <laughs> But uh, Amen to that. man, I watched one the other day that I do remember the name of, and I'm sure some of y'all have watched them. You might have to. Uh, totally Killer. It's a uh, kind of a throwback where they travel back in time to the '80s to stop a serial killer and all this. It's pretty good. It's on Netflix. No, I will it's check Netflix that out. Or Amazon. I can't remember. Okay. Totally yeah. Killer is the name of it. Yeah. Okay. It's I will, good. Yeah, that's awesome. I will definitely check that out. We've seen some interesting ones recently, but the the one that I think I liked recently that I think we watched it last year, but was Barbarian on Max, mm-hmm. and it was where the girl and the the like the horribly inbred family she yeah. gets trapped in that I house and stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we've watched a few others. I'm always weird, man. I'll just sometimes watch like AMC and watch some of the old stuff or something. And mm-hmm. you know, they play a lot of the old stuff during this time. So you know, I I've enjoyed that. But I, you man, just watch the old stuff because you want to see some titties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll go from that to his last part of this question is he says. He thinks there needs to be a slash movie where basically it fleshes out the entire character to uh, where what where he came up, how he started, what he turned into, and then of cool, course he becomes a wrestler <laughs> to kill people. Cool. Yeah, I mean it would be cool, dude. Cool. I'm yeah. sure there's somebody out there that would you know that makes hell be horror movies that would think that was a great idea. One of them being Ben Dixon, Lone Wolf Tattoo. And the uh, and the lone wolf uh, tattoo and horror convention. Oh Ben, Ben, help us out, bro. I know you <laughs> probably ain't listening, but it's still, you know, somebody pass it along. I'm sure somebody yeah. is listening that knows Ben. And uh, <laughs> I can't call him and say, "Hey, I want to pitch a movie by myself." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you all do it, then it works. So yeah. contact Ben Dixon on social <laughs> media. Yeah, he's a tattoo guy. You can hook yeah. it up. So anyway, I just could I could see that movie being really cool. Now, would you have to? You, obviously, you would have to play Slash. But you know, like we could think of you like as a kid, and like maybe mm-hmm. he's like, and then teen, you know, teenager, younger days. Yeah. You know, that would be cool, man. Like what yeah. makes what made him. Kill people. I would have to play retired slash <laughs> incarcerated slash by the end. If that's the yes, point. that's it. You are the one. You're telling your story from prison. There, and there is. We've got that. We've got this thing laid out already. I know, bro. I, somebody get us Ben right now. 
<laughs> hey, somebody out there, you know, you want to finance this. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, all right. Well, that is all I've got for this very spooky edition of Ask Wolfie D anything. So yeah, man. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, be safe out there tomorrow if you're going trick or treating or whatever. There's still some crazies out there, and I'm not talking about the good ones. Uh, yeah. Everybody, be careful and uh, have a happy, happy and spooktacular Halloween. And don't eat all your kids' candy, you know? No, say some of it to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate over here. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Peace. All right, y'all. Happy Halloween, and uh, we will talk to you next week on Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak and each week you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders along with informative, entertaining, humorous and insightful discussions and most importantly a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh, yeah. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, booty call and Athena, go to lostwrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. 
Hey, 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 it's the Heat Boss of Scotty Blaze. Now I'm inviting all of y'all to join me on my brand new podcast, Turning Up the Heat with the Heat Miser Scotty Blaze. What are you waiting for? Come on over and join me. I'll be covering all the events of the day, global, national, pop culture, movies, gaming, whatever sounds interesting. But I'll also be playing some awesome skating shuffle music from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Anything that has a good beat, I'm going to be playing it. You can rest assured. Come on over. T-U-T-H-Radio.com. The podcast is on every major podcast platform. See you then. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast, you have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color, rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap, I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was N.O.D., and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times, tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be real. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You set a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you 
cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.